It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This episode of Pie Tar for Breakfast is brought to you by Yingling Traditional Lager. Elevate your taste, spread your wings today. Longtime big leaguer, current roster man on the 60-man player pool for summer camp for the Philadelphia Phillies, Neil Walker. He's going to join me next on Pine Tar for Breakfast. In the air to left field. Going back on it. It is gone! Kevin Franzen sends everybody home. Ball there coming, coming down. down. What up? And welcome to another episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast. I am your host, Kevin Franzen, at Kevin Franzen on Twitter. Keep hitting me up on there. I appreciate your guys' conversations. So, as uh, the season is just around the corner. I mean, it's great to finally say that. And we hope that everyone's health and everyone's doing uh, everything possible to stay healthy to make sure that um, we do have a season. And with that being said, a key cog I think it's going to be on this roster no matter what uh, whether it's a 60 30 28 26 man pool is, is a guy named Neil Walker and many of you know him from the Pittsburgh Pirate days uh, he was a Met he was a Yankee he was a Brewer he was a Marlin last year and he's ours now and it's nothing it's like it is it is awesome we played against each other a couple times in the the fall league um, when he was a catcher, he was young. He was like 19, 20 years old. So uh, I've known him for quite a while, um, and I'm glad I get to bring him to you. So with that being said, let's go to a uh, Pennsylvania native, Neil Walker. I'm only going to say that because I don't want to call you a pirate because that's uh, – I don't know. <laughs> I, I find that to be an extreme at times with you is just calling you a pirate. You're – you're an amazing human being, and I appreciate you coming on Pine Tar for breakfast. Well, thank you, Kevin. I, I consider myself a, a citizen of the world per se, so that's that, that's my that's my real title now. But let, let's be honest here; like, you can't be really a citizen of the world. You're like the citizen of the East Coast. I mean, you've played. Okay, I'm a citizen. I'm a citizen of Pennsylvania. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. fine. So you you got you got seven years in Pittsburgh. You got you got two in in New York. Actually, three in New York if you go Mets, Yankees, and then you got one in Miami. I mean, you got a little bit that's, in Milwaukee. Okay, so we spread it to a little bit of the North Midwest. You know, we're good. But hey, come on, like you're. I East- can't get out of the east. I can't get out of the east east time zone. That, no, that's just- no. But you know what's good is that uh, it makes for all of us to know you. I think uh, that's just, true. Just in that's general. True. Um, from well, watching to know, to know and- me, to know me, to is to love me. You know that. Yeah, in the first like. I, I go back. Let's let's just think about this. It was like oh, was it oh eight or oh nine? Uh, fall league. Oh, uh, 08, Yes, it was oh eight, and it was my rehab year after I blew up my Achilles. And uh, yep. yeah, I just happened to uh, to know you through your brother in law and Don yep. Kelly. Um, and you were a catcher then. 
And it was yep, like that's correct. And it was kind of like the trans, like you're about like their thoughts, right? There's thoughts that you're going to be moving around a little bit, but not, you know, crazy yet. Um, and, and so just to see you in general to have the career that you've had, because a you're a stud then, and that was as a catcher, and it, you know to go to second base, to be a uh, you know play third base, uh, the Yankees you played everywhere, which is yeah. awesome. <laughs> so now you're like true super utility guy. Uh, but to have you back in Pennsylvania, but to, to be back with the Phillies, not back with the Phillies, but with the Phillies, I think is is awesome. I, I, I just yeah. think that it is nothing but good for this organization to have someone like you. Yeah, you know, my my baseball story per se, like you were saying, was very was was somewhat bizarre. I mean, starting out as a catcher and, and I played some infield in my in my youth years and my amateur years. You and, said youths, right? You know, Utes my youths here <laughs> youths, yeah <laughs> but it's it's a very i guess it's a very valuable lesson for 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 the youth out there the, the youths out there uh you know if you if you think you're you're, you're going to be uh a player at one position your whole career you're probably wrong uh, you know obviously unless you're 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 standing on that bump 60 feet away so um you know it, it, but you know when i got to a point in my career where where i was asked to do some unorthodox thing and things and bounce around and play some left side of the infield, right side of the infield, bounce out in the outfield every once in a while. Uh, I, I kind of grasped it. I, I, I was something that I was, I knew that could help not just a team, but it could be something that could elongate my career. And, you know, here I am 16 professional seasons later and working on 10 years uh, in the big leagues and, and, and still kicking. <laughs> yeah. And not, not only kicking, like providing a lot, like you, you provide a lot for every franchise that you've been a part of. So when, when you say that, you know, and you're talking about the youth and, and you're making, you know, obviously a transition that I don't think you were thinking, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be a second baseman in the big leagues. Like you, you get drafted, you're a catcher, you know? And, right. and so let me ask you harder transition going from catcher to, you know, the infield as uh, you know, a young big leaguer, or later on in your career when they asked you to go to the outfield, you know, and, and playing all that time in the infield to go to the outfield and now have to run around, which was the harder transition for you? You know, I, I think that's I think there's two parts to that, two, a two-part answer to that. I think that when I was in the minor leagues and they, they asked me to go from catcher to third, uh, that was a huge jump um, because my, mind, my mindset for about five years was just on catching, and then all of a sudden you're <laughs> – you're facing the other direction, and you're bored standing at third base, and then all of a sudden hey, you get a screamer no hit the third. Like, I'm telling you right now, like I, I, there's so many times I'm going, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> I guess, I guess what I mean, what I mean is that in comparison to to catching, any any other position is basically bored. So, so that was that was something that probably took a good two years to become comfortable with, and I was in Double A when that happened. Um, and then when I got asked to um, go from third to second, and I was kind of bouncing around, playing a little outfield, playing a little first base, but I was—I I literally in spring training they were like, you, you know, learn a little bit of second base, but you may need, need you may not. Then all of a sudden, sudden a, a month and a half into the season, I was I was really hitting well in the international league, and the guy that was playing second base in Pittsburgh was not performing, and they were like, hey guess what? You're going to the big leagues and you're going to play second base every day. And my jaw literally hit the floor. And, and I spent, I spent a hundred plus games that season 
praying that the ball would not be hit to me in in every situation. If we were down down big, up big, down big, whatever the situation was, please don't hit the ball to me. And it wasn't until the following year where I actually got a full spring training under my belt as a only a second baseman where I became a little more comfortable. And in the outfield part of it, I was I was so deathly afraid out there that that it actually worked in my favor because yeah. they told me when I went to the Yankees they were like, hey, listen. Go play right field. It's short out there. Stick your heels on the warning tracks. And if the ball is over your head, it's a home run. And the only thing that, it, that I had to deal with there was, was the, the fan. Somebody not a battery at the back of my head. <laughs> oh, God. I Look, most of my games that spent in the outfield – all I cared for was the ball to stay underneath the lights, and almost every ball went into the lights. Uh, I, I dared people to run on me because yeah. I, I just thought I could throw them out, and then I realized, no, that's why you're a second baseman coming up. Uh, did you find, like, at, at all when you went to the outfield that a lot of the infielders would compliment you and, and be like, dude, thanks, Like, because you get the ball in so quick, and you and you know how to get it yeah. in. Uh, you know, it, all, all like the right. little, like the, the fundamental yeah. stuff that you listen to all those years taking cuts, you're like, oh, I could do that. Yeah, that's easy. And you do it. Right. And, and, and what you, what you, some people forget is that as, as an infielder, your, your throwing motion is so much shorter that, you know, most of the outfielders are taught to have that long arm stroke. Yeah. And sometimes it looks at it like it takes them five seconds to get the ball out of their glove. Well, when you're an infielder going out there, you're literally the only thing on your mind when you get a, ball on the ground to your left or your right is to get to it as fast as you can, get it out of your glove and get it to the second baseman or shortstop. So that that definitely helped. I can I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying. I think I I think I have three outfield assists and my first one was Randy Johnson at third base from left field. <laughs> yeah. Like dude, it That's he great. had to have ran he had to have ran like a, a thirty going from first <laughs> to third. Because he started running, I was like, oh I got him. Easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. There's not, there's not much better There's not much better than throwing a guy out from the outfield. I will say that. I think I did it once or twice that year, but that was that was by far the most the most enjoyable thing, releasing the ball and seeing it work its way into a into a base and, and, and getting somebody out. Oh, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Hey, with uh, with, with everything that's gone on this year, obviously with the, the shortened season, um, A, how are you and, and your family? That, that should be uh, – that probably should have started out with – the whole thing, right? <laughs> business, business first. Yeah, business first. Um, how are you and your family? Everyone good? Everybody's good. I we have a uh, I have a, a soon to be four year old here and a and a, a seven month old at the house. So uh, you know the silver lining in, in all of this was being home from when my son went from basically four months to seven months, which a lot happens in those <laughs> those three months. Time. Yeah, I, yeah I, I was I was able to be there for all of it and put him down for naps and play with my daughter and and um, you know kind of do all the things that you you miss out on during the course of the season. So that was certainly the silver lining and everybody in my area was safe and healthy and and nobody uh, got sick or, or caught any uh, caught the virus, which was uh, you know obviously awesome. So uh, we we just we, we we made a lot of meals at home. We took a lot of walks. We played a lot of board games. We when the weather got nice, we were able to, you know, use the pool and kind of do some of that stuff. So uh, everybody was, everybody's been, been good on that end. 
is there something that like has surprised you about yourself through this quarantine? Like something you picked up that uh, maybe you're like, dude, I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> well, I, I I knew that I had you know OCD to 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 a certain degree. I'm very structured and 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 like things to be where where they need to be, but. You know, when I when I was home for such a long period of time and I saw what my wife had to deal with, with with two kids and you see toys all over the place and just stuff everywhere. I, I realized that my OCD hit it just a, a complete <laughs> other level. Uh, so I, I it was really therapeutic because, you know what, I, I would be that I'm the kind of guy that when the kid's done playing in the basement and makes a mess. You know, I clean up most of it and, and it's nice to have things where they are. And by the time two weeks into into the the quarantine hit i was like just forget it just leave stuff all over the house clothes all over the place and i was like i'm not even dealing with this anymore dude you should have had like honestly and it makes you think you're going what happens if i had kids earlier in my career just for the fact that like (laughs) maybe no because you get we get it look i'm i'm ocd on certain things too i know i was more ocd about like my routine throughout the days you know when i was playing right and i'm like thinking to myself going if i had that, that mindset of, of being like, whatever, like it just happens now. And, and throughout my playing career, I feel like I would have been better anyways. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's the guys that care the least that, that, uh, right? that, that, that do, that do the best. You know, oh, I, I, I've so never, bad. I've never felt like I could be in that realm, but anytime you saw Manny Ramirez approaching <laughs> at bat or play outfield, you're like, wow, that guy, that oh, guy really has yeah. it figured out. There's a look there. I feel like I have like a ton of stories on guys. Uh, Omar Vizquel, name drop right there, my bad, told me a story about <laughs> Manny hitting three homers in a game, and he used three guys, different bats. Oh, come on. Yes. He goes, it was the most wow. amazing because he would go – he was the guy that would just like – you would hide stuff from him. You'd hide your pants. You'd hide your your, your bats because he just used everything, and it was like – like he was literally a kid. He In one That's game, so hit three great. homers with three guys – Three guys bats. I mean, to me, that's. I don't. Insane. I don't think I've used. I don't think I've used three different model bats over my 16 professional career years. Bryce that, has done that in one AB. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, guys are guys are funny, man. I mean, you know how it is. The oh. the the dynamic in the clubhouse and guys. It's it it can be sometimes absolutely bizarre the things that happen over the course of a season. That's what I. That's what I miss so much about the game. It's like we, we always talk – like people are like, oh, I miss the camaraderie. Yes, I miss that. I miss like hanging out and being the peanut gallery. I just miss <laughs> – I miss being that. I mean, you know, me from just like afar and then like we, we converse a ton on the field. But like right. dude, I loved everything about the day and just sitting there and watching people and seeing how like, you know, they oh, that guy's weird, man. He's got a weird routine. That was fun for me. Well, when you think about when you think about the structure of a, of a of a major league baseball day for a seven o'clock game, and and you realize it's it's basically a nine hour day from two to eleven, the the banter and the and the stuff in the clubhouse really fills the time in a way that you just can't describe, and yeah. it's it's not surprising that same that same sentiment I've heard from from so many different guys oh. that have that have been done playing. It's the nuance. It's just like like the the bullpen guys. They don't miss the clubhouse. They they miss a little bit. They miss the bullpen. They miss just like hanging out, just like you know, playing games or, or you know, coming up with with stupid ideas, which pretty much all of them do. Um, right. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's crazy. So I'm glad you brought that up because you, you talk about the day. Um, obviously, 
there's a lot of unknowns right now. Um, you know, you still haven't, you know, got to Philly and, and to do all your things yet. Um, and, and so the schedule is going to be different. I mean, you don't know, you know, you're going to be either a morning group or an afternoon group. And then when it gets to season, you can't, you know, show up at certain times. And it's crazy to think like for a guy, a reason why I wanted to bring you on more than anything was talk about this was like for someone that's been so structured for so long, uh, have you, have you given much thought about how it changes now? You know that not not really. I mean, okay, I, I have right. thought. Sweet. Yeah, let's this talk is it this out. is good. Let's let's talk it out. I mean, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Like, and 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 let's be honest. The the in my opinion, like the 30 plus crowd that's 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 still in baseball right now. Yeah. We kind of we kind of came up under a, under different pretenses. Like, you know, you got to the clubhouse early and 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 you got your your coffee and you did your your crossword and your. Uh, you know, your, your USA Today puzzles and things like that. Well, it's not really like that anymore. You know what I mean? It's, there's a lot of people on their phones and on their iPads and on their computers and, and, and not as much conversing as there once was in a clubhouse. And if you were a, a young guy in the, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010, you got to the clubhouse and you sat in your locker and you waited until the, the vets hit in the cage and kind of all those things. So, it's going to be it's going to be a change of pace, and it's something that we've talked about as a group on on some of these Zoom calls that we've had over the course of the last couple of months. Is just accepting the new reality of, of of what this season is going to look like, and and we've talked about how if we're able to overcome, you know, the the, the strangeness of the everyday routine, and to be able to not feel like we're we're not totally prepared and doing things differently to prepare for the game that. Those those teams that are, are that are going to be able to overcome some of these things are probably going to be the ones that give themselves the best chance of of, of succeeding and making the playoffs and, and winning a World Series. And you know when when you look at the group that we have, there's such a good mixture of, of veteran guys and, and and middle of their career guys and young guys that um, I think it's going to be a, a, an awesome dynamic and something that's going to be uh, guys are going to be open to and accepting and and and, and being able to. Uh, you know, keep each other accountable to get themselves ready and not just on the field, but away from the field. There's going to be, you know, times on the road where guys are going to want to go grab lunch or go have uh, a beer after a game. And it's like, <laughs> look, we're, this, this is a sprint. This is a 60 game sprint. Like, let's lock it in. Let's 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 figure this thing out. Let's let's make sure that we're making smart decisions, because the goal, the obvious goal is to win a World Series regardless regardless if it's a 60-game schedule or a 162-game schedule. You know, it's it, it's time to lock it in, and this group that we have here in Philly is really special. So you don't want to waste these the, the opportunity. So you played, um, let's see, you played in, in Mazatlan, right? You played Winter Ball in Mazatlan yes. and in uh, Margarita in Venezuela? Yes. Uh, it, could you kind of <laughs> – it, it, it's so different because there's going to be no fans, and, and I don't want to like speculate on what it's going to be like. But like when we talk about a 60-game schedule, you're talking about a winter ball schedule with that pressure, right? Right, I mean, it, right, it, right. Is that a it, would that be accurate in, in putting it like that? Like it's a it's a winter ball schedule minus the fans. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's pretty spot on. I mean, you're talking about 60 games in 66 days, a couple off days sprinkled in there. The travel is going to be a little bit more bizarre. I think I think that's something that's going to work in uh, teams, especially in this Philadelphia, New York, D.C., Baltimore, Boston area, is that our travel is going to be uh, 
a lot more enjoyable, whether it's buses or trains or short flights. Um, that's going to, that's going to be, be nice not to have, uh, you know, two time zone changes in playing the next day or, or feeling like you completely lose an off day because of that. Uh, but you're right. Playing in, in winter ball, it was a mad dash to, 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 uh, for a 50, 55, 65, 75 game schedule. And then the playoffs and, I think the only thing, like you said, that's going to be completely different is the fact that there's not going to be fans in the stands. So the the, the home field advantage might be might be tamper tamper down just a little bit. Besides the fact that you're going to get, you know, the last ups, and you know, you may the guys that are on the bench that, that aren't exactly everyday players, you you may have to turn into a partial cheerleader. I I don't know. We don't yeah. we don't know how this dynamic is going to work, and how we're going to keep guys motivated, and how we're going to get, keep guys up when we play eleven games in twelve days and and, and, and we're, we're scuffling to try to get back on track. There's so many dynamics that we just don't know what they're going to look like. And I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be something that's that when we look back on it, we're going to say, wow, this was so bizarre, but it was something that, that was just uh, incredible and something that 30 years down the road you're going to look back and think, well, wasn't that 2020 season just absolutely bizarre, but we found a way to, to get over the adversity and, and, and win a World Series. That would be that would be absolutely amazing. Tap into your inner eagle and spread your wings with Yingling traditional auger, a bold amber color near 200 years in the making, all American brew. So plug in, rock out and let the night take flight. Yingling traditional lager. Spread your wings. Spread my wings and let it ride. DJ Yingling and Son, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please drink responsibly. That voice you hear is Neil Walker, utility man for your Philadelphia Phillies. He is part of the 60-player pool. Was probably going to be on the roster anyway, so uh, let's just throw that out there. Um, okay, so if there are Zoom calls within the team, uh, and you guys have a good time. You guys do all that stuff. How many questions were asked more towards you about playing in front of no fans as you have had that experience from last year? There was there was a lot. There's been a lot <laughs> less questions asked about playing in front of fans than there than there were about the the, the safety and health and it, you know the concern the, the the thing that I I'm thinking about as 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 a guy that's you know most likely not going to be an everyday player at least off off the start is do I have to sit in the stands when we're when we're when we're hitting in between innings yeah. because that might be a deal that might be a deal breaker for me I might just go sit in my car and listen <laughs> to the game and wait for the wait for the sixth inning to roll around and have somebody call my phone and tell me that I I might have to hit in the seventh or eighth inning let's let's be honest that's that might be a deal breaker for me but you can um, come hang out yeah, with me <laughs> up in the booth and like hey come on down you're like okay I'll be there <laughs> no, keep, okay, the, so, keep the binoculars on <laughs> the, the one thing that um i i really have thought about a lot because it would go with football right um i, I feel like if, if there's one sport more than anything that needs fan like we all need fans like this is not to like downgrade and, and diminish anything that they bring because they bring everything right but right. football right and, and without any fans you wonder about like some guys intensity at times, right? You're just still, they're still going to go out and compete, but there's a different level they go to. 
um, you know, for the, the 30 crowd, like the 30-year-old crowd, where there's the aches and pay, pay, you know, the aches and pains of the game that the yep. crowd can get you over. Um, 100%. You know, even in baseball that happens. And, and I thought, especially because of being a pinch hitter, like that the crowd was awesome for pinch hitting. It got you yep. locked in. And, and so that's what I wonder is like, okay, where's the dynamic? Where are we going to see, you know, guys that are affected by no people? And, and, and that's a, a question I have. Maybe you have the answer. Well, you know, you're going to have to be, you're certainly going to have to be self-motivated. You're, you're, you're going to hear a lot of stuff on the, on the field uh, just in general. And it's going to be easy to kind of go to a, a minor league mindset if you're not mentally tough. You know what I mean? There, yeah, I, I know I played – in some places in, you know, the Carolina League and in, uh, you know, Williamsport, PA, where there was, <laughs> where there was 400, 400 to 600 Damn. people in the stands, and, and you're like, you're like, wait a second, is this is this baseball or a or a, a you know a high school summer league uh, a game or something? You know what I mean? But yeah. you're you're absolutely right. Like we we as players feed so much off of the home crowd, and even on the road, you oh. go places, you know that 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 you play uh, that, that are like, you know, when they, when they start to get giddy, you know, it not only, it not only intensifies yourself, even as a role player, it, it, it really kind of sparks you and, and locks you in a little bit more. So you're absolutely right. Like it's going to be really interesting to see if there are guys that, that need that little extra kick in the butt or guys that are, that are, that are over the top, uh, you know, pumped up to, and you got to bring them back down a little bit because, uh, the situation because you're just not going to be able to keep up the the intensity for a full nine innings, uh, you know, when you don't have the fans there. So we're gonna we're gonna direly direly miss the fans mm-hmm. um, through Especially this thing in, in the early Bank, play. Man. Oh yeah, yeah, those absolutely. People, those guys, those, they, they bring it, and it's like one of those you're going, ah, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. But it's a, there's it, there's it's no necessity. doubt in 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 my in my brain the the, the places that were the hardest to play over the course of my career as a road player, uh, you know, were, were Yankee Stadium, Boston, and Citizens Bank. I mean, when, when those places got rocking, it got loud, it got nasty, and, and, it, and it made that home field advantage only bump up a few notches. So I'm, I'm, I'm really fortunate to be on this side of things. So I've only played one series at uh, Yankee Stadium, and it, it was okay. I mean, it was, rock, it was a little raucous, but, I mean, not crazy. Uh, Boston yeah. got nuts. Uh, Citizens yep. Bank. Every time that I came on the road, oh my God, it seemed like, <laughs> yeah, it was, and especially in the Bonds years when I was with the Giants, like it, it, it was, it was oh, epic because yeah. the teams yeah. were so good. Um, the other place is a place with zero fans was Oakland because when they got going, oh yeah, oh yeah, like yep. their ten thousand fans would get like just on a different level. Okay, so here, here, here's something and and. Obviously, you've been in a league for so you know already nine years at the time, but you're in Miami, and you know you don't play in front of a lot of fans. When you so you you were talking about it going on the road, when you went on the yeah. road, how much did that elevate your game when you would have you know sold out places or thirty plus thousand fans? You know, from a team that didn't have much to a team that has everything. Yeah, I mean, especially last year, we 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 had that underdog mentality, particularly in our division. So we. When we would come to Philly and we would come to New York and we would come to Atlanta, um, you know, we kind of felt like we were we were getting written off per se, and so that kind of that kind of fueled us. We we knew we knew we were behind the eight ball because the team was so young, but it it, it 
it certainly elevated our, our game because it, you always felt like the the uh, the home the home team was going to feel like they were just going to you know run you over and that wasn't the case. We had a, we had a group of guys that really played hard and that was that was fun to be around. So, um, but you have to have you just have to have that mentality regardless of the situation, regardless of the team, regardless of where you're going to play. You have to just try to block out the 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 environment as much as you can and and sometimes that's easier said than done. But uh, like I said, that th- those those places that are tough to play. The, the later it gets in the game, the more those at-bats, they, they, they can get a little tougher to, to deal with. And, and, and the more it, it locks the home team in, too, to, to be sharper off the mound and sharper in the, uh, in the field and, and sharper in their at-bats. So you have to come combat that as a, as a road, road player and really be mentally tough and, and fight back. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing that you brought up today was uh, uh, this team. It's special. Uh, this, being a part of this organization, uh, it, it is an awesome organization. It has a lot of positives in, in, in certain regards, um, and winning can be and should be one of them, right? Uh, right. You're a guy that's been in the playoffs multiple seasons. Have you given thought about what it would mean to win a World Series title in a year like this? Like, what would it mean to you? Have you given much thought of it? You know, I, I, I haven't, um, but I do think that it's, I think that it's not going to be any, any different than a normal year. And, people, and anybody listening to this is probably going to be like, you're crazy, but, you know, hear me out. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know, think, 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 about, think about where the Washington Nationals were in mid-May last year, right? They had a bad, they had, they, we're, we're talking, we're talking the 2020 season is going to be two months long. If you start out, if you start out five and 15, you're done. You're, you're, you're probably done. Your chances of, of probably making the playoffs, unless you get just unbelievably hot, you're going to be toast. If, if this was last year, the Washington Nationals don't even come close to making the playoffs. So you're not going to have the luxury to have that, that bad month. You're, it's, this 60-game this, this stretch is, gonna, is going to reward the team that plays the best from day one to day 60. And obviously that's the same when you're talking about a 162-game season. But undoubtedly, in, in almost every year that a team has won the World Series, there's probably been one month that they've played under 500 or just played horrible. And then there's probably been a month where they've gone over the top and kind of even things out and gotten themselves in the, in the green. But it, you're, not, you're just not going to have that luxury. And, and on the reverse side of things, you may have a team that, that you don't expect much from, and all of a sudden they start out 15-5, and five, you know what I mean? And, and, and as long as they don't collapse – the last 30 games of the season, they're going to give themselves a chance of sneaking in as a as a wild card team or even winning their division. So, this is going to be epically, epically bizarre, but it's going to heighten the senses from day one. It's gonna it's gonna lock guys in for all 60 games, in my opinion, and it's going to be just as rewarding to make it to the playoffs and to 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 win the division series and win the championship series and win a World Series. Than it, than it is in any other scenario it, it, because that's that's the name of the game. Your your thoughts as a player are, are uh, you know, how can I help this team and how can we get to the playoffs and give us the best chance of winning World Series? That that's and especially as a veteran player, that's that's kind of your thoughts every single year. Where can I go to get the best opportunity to play, but also to to help the team and to give myself the best chance of winning a World Series? And I don't think there's a better place in my opinion.
for, for myself than, than in, in Philadelphia with this group of guys. And I couldn't be more excited about this this stretch coming up, this sprint to, to 60 games. And I think that we have uh, just as good a chance to win a World Series as anybody else. Yeah, it's to me, I thought about this a lot because I, I got to the playoffs one time uh, and I wanted more. I always wanted more. I always wanted the playoffs. I always wanted to win a World Series. That didn't happen. Uh, and, and let's say you guys win this year and we get a ring. That's gonna, You know why it's going to be special? Because this year, as as bad of it is, you know, globally, um, it, there's something to be said. And, and hopefully, A, it would mean that the season went through, right? We, we got all the way through yep. it. Uh, that's a win. Um, winning a World Series, that's a win. I, I just right. find it – I find it this time is, is like the most selfless World Series championship of all time because it's the team that stays healthy off the field. And, and yep. you know they, they police themselves right. They do everything right. Um, I, I think that's that says so much, and I don't think enough people are yeah. putting anything on that. Right, right. And and like you said, the the, the health factor, and you know there 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 there's a good chance within some organization at some point this this year, and probably on a team that's going to be super competitive. There's probably a chance that a a big name player or a couple big name players go down and you're going to need guys to step up and fill the void to reach, reach those goals. So you're absolutely right. There's, there's this, this 60 player pool, you know, for, for, you know, potentially guys in, in, in these organizations that think, well, I'm not on the 30 man, but um, you know, I'll, I'll go, I'll go just get my work in at, at the, the, the separate, spring training site and maybe they'll give me a call it's like no you got you guys need to be ready because there's gonna there's gonna come a come a point during these 60 games where guys are going to be called upon and it, and, and it in my opinion it's going to be the the healthiest guys and the deepest teams and the guys that are most prepared that maybe not are not on the 30-man roster on the on the outset that 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 help the team that gets you to where where you're trying to, to, to go and that's obviously to win a world series yeah, I, I just I'm excited. Just the, the sprint, just the fact that like you can't tank this year. You can't. It's like it's almost <laughs> right. impossible to do it. And and if you do, I think it's a double middle finger to to you and the organization. I do because right, right. Of everything that's gone on, baseball needs a little bit of an uplift, right? I mean, we we need right. to figure out something. Um, what's the, you know. When you look at, at your career and you've you've played with some phenomenal uh, teammates, one in particular you're back with and seeing him, uh, Andrew McCutcheon. Like what what, yep. what what is he to you in and what you you know what you see through your eyes about about Kutch? Well, you know I was so fortunate to essentially be with Kutch since the time I was in Double A, and we got to both watch each other's development as players as men and you know to get when we both got to Pittsburgh and things were not good we were losing close to 100 games for three four five straight years you know it was one of these things where we we had multiple conversations just about you know man we can turn this thing around we uh, we have the talent here we 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 need to do what we can as leaders to 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 write this thing and uh you know when we got to, to 2013 we had a, a really good stretch uh, you know, together and with guys like Josh Harrison and Francisco Liriano and uh, other guys that are in the organization, we it was it was really really rewarding. And to be able to do it together, to be able to go through the ups and downs together, 
We learned a lot about each other. He is obviously one of the one of the most talented players I've ever played with. To to see his MVP season and his runner-up MVP season in Pittsburgh, I personally was a beneficiary of it because I was hitting in front of him, behind him a lot of times. So there were multiple times where I'd get a lot of pitches to hit because I was hitting in front of him, yeah. or he'd be on base and there'd be multiple guys on bases and I was hitting behind him. So I I owe, I owe a lot of my personal success to Andrew because of how good of a player he was. But to be able to watch him on a daily basis, and and not just then, but but now, and you know, we got a, a brief reunion in, with the Yankees when he got traded from the Giants a couple years ago. Oh, he's right. the same player, and, and, and obviously he's got a little more mileage on him as as I do. But the 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 ability is still there, and uh, I've been working out with him the last several weeks here in, in, in Pittsburgh, and and just talking with him and, and and seeing where he is with his his knee and his recovery. He feels really good. He's in a good mental place. His swing looks good. So. You know, the, the silver lining of, of this this shutdown is guys like Andrew that may not have been ready for the beginning of the season got the got that those extra several months of, of you know, not as stressful rehab to, to get themselves right. And he's going to be such a huge, valuable piece to this team. And the fact that we have the DH now with, you know, between him and, 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 and Bryce needing to blow every once in a while and, uh, you know, Jay Bruce being so valuable as a – as a DH, those are going to be super valuable pieces uh, when they need a blow, as opposed to just not having them in your lineup. So uh, I'm super fortunate to be back with Andrew, and and I hope that this organization and these people of Philadelphia know how valuable he is and, and will be over his time here. And um, you know, obviously losing him was a big part of uh, of things not going great last year uh, and toward the end for for for, for the Phillies and. A healthy touch is is only uh, going to be, uh, you know, uh, tougher for for other teams because you know, dude. When you think about what the what the lineup construction is going to look like, it's like, okay, who's going to hit? Who's going to hit six, six, seven, and eight? Like, is Reese Hoskins or Didi going to hit seven or eight? Is Gene going to hit seven through? Like, that's bizarre. I mean, usually when you it's look, awesome. especially at a National League lineup, you're like, okay, well. If we can get down to that seven eight spot, we can get the the lineup to turn over. It's like, whoa, no, homie, <laughs> you got to deal with these guys for yeah. for for four times. So I, I'm really excited to see the the lineup construction, particularly now with a with the DH spot in the National League for a team like us because we're deep. We've got guys that that are uh, are competitive, that give competitive at bats up and down the lineup, that are capable of le- to leave the yard at any time. And it's going to be it's going to be tough for teams to get through our lineup four or five times a night. Oh, no doubt. It's a it's a you know, they obviously no one was thinking about a pandemic or anything a shortened season or a DH obviously, but this team is built for having a DH. I'm not a right, DH right. guy, but this year I'm all in. I'm all in for anything they want to try this year. Like it, it, it right. You know the the second base rule with the, with that extra innings. I'm in just because they need to shorten it up for for this season only. Right. Um, right. My whole thing. Tell me if you think this is crazy. It's like hockey. I'm a I'm a, a huge hockey guy. Um, right. And, and you get to a shootout. You pick your first three. Right. You pick your first three shooters. And right. And you go from there. You, you you have your four, five, six. Well, I think you you should be able after like the whoever makes the last out is going to be no matter what at second base. So if Bryce makes the last out, he cannot you know be leading off. But you can right. if he if he's not. You can have him leading off, hitting second, whatever, and then you you make the lineup off for that, 
and you just get more entertainment that way because people get to see their favorite batters out. Right. Yeah, that, that's different. I never really thought. I never really thought about that scenario, but I, I, I like that. Time. And, and I, I'm a big hockey guy. I'm a big. I'm a big Penguins guy, and, and people aren't going to be happy with that in Philadelphia. Uh, but I'm just going to. I'm just going to put. Lost to him in Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah, I know you're probably not happy with me either. I I get that. Okay, was, so I'm going to just put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like playoff hockey. No. I mean, playoff baseball is 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 one A and one B with playoff hockey. But um, I, I've always I've always really enjoyed the the point system in hockey over the course yes. of the season. And 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 you win it. You you win a game. You get two points. You win an extra inning. You get two points. You you tie. You get uh, uh you know one point. You you lose in you lose in in uh in regulation. You get zero points. I always thought that was something that could be valuable in in, in baseball just because. How many times do you see it over the course of a year? The dynamic of your bullpen gets completely screwed up because two out of three games you play a 14-inning game and a 13-inning game, yeah. and now you got to send down two guys that don't deserve to be sent down for, for 15 days, and you know your team is not as strong as it should be. So I, I've always been uh, kind of uh, somebody that's been a, a proponent for uh, a, a little different of an environment for the for the extra inning plays. So I don't I don't necessarily love this whole start with a man on second base. Yeah. Uh, but I do but I do think it will take in the short term it will take care of a lot of the, those issues of not wearing out bullpens and changing the dynamic of your roster because somebody gets completely blown out and has to throw four innings and they're not used to that. Hundred percent. Hundred percent agree. Like I it just an evil an evil necessity for the season. All right. So um, Neil Walker. Do you want to play a game with me? Oh, if you boy. say no, it'd be like just my, like my childhood, just everyone saying no. <laughs> uh, I'm yeah. in. Okay. All right. It's called Waffle or Not. And with oh, Waffle boy. or Not, you either waffled this guy or you didn't. So it's pretty easy. <laughs> um, I'm going to throw out a name. And, and just people's reactions are funny because uh, it, 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 there's always something behind it. All right, so here you go. You're in. <laughs> Who do you think the first guy I'm going to ask you about is? If I had to guess, the first guy you're going to ask me is Bronson Arroyo. Well, that was going to be one of my last ones. Uh, <laughs> but because you brought it up, why not? Bronson Arroyo, think, waffle or not? That's that's a waffle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, – I always had I always had success against him. You know, it was one of those things where like, you knew he wasn't you knew he wasn't going to blow something by you, but you knew that he was going to stay on the corners and he was going to throw some breaking balls at different speeds and some change ups and some cutters and some sinkers and some four seams. And honestly, I treated my bats with him like I was in little league. I I, I said don't even th- don't even think about a scenario what he's trying to do. Step in the box and just ghetto hack and. And on most occasions, it held, it, it worked. It, like, it worked so well that I just couldn't even explain it. And when I tried it against other guys, it didn't work. <laughs> but, but, it, but it worked against Bronson Arroyo many, many times. Yeah. Uh, 9 for 19, 474 with the 1734 OPS because that's due to uh, six of the nine being extra base hits, four homers. Yeah, um, that's Wafflage, my friend. Uh, actually, the guy I was going to start out with um, – was Johnny Cueto, but uh, yeah, we'll go Bronson Arroyo. That sounds good. Oh yeah, Johnny, Johnny Cueto. Cueto is. No, 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 no. Can yeah, I hit no, next? No, no. I hit this the... is waffle or not? That's a that's a not. That's yeah, a that's not, 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 not. That's a not. 
Yeah. And, and the thing about Cueto was I knew what he was going to – or I should say I know what he's going to do every single time. And it just I just can't get the barrel to him. It's amazing. Yep. He could throw 95 or he could throw 85 or 75, and somehow he would just miss the barrel. Just miss the barrel. And he would always be twisting. He's always twisting and turning on the mound and messing with your timing, and you try to forget about that and just focus on – getting your timing right and getting your foot down on time. But I think literally the only – I think I have one homer against him, and it was an absolute mistake. But no, I think two. literally the only – the only, Basically the only hits I have off that guy are just swinging bunts and broken bat singles over the infielder's heads. Well, we could we could check that out right here on uh, – yeah. Um, there's not a lot of line outs. You got a couple um, ground balls, <laughs> base hit, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm just going to say nine for 49 – you homer twice off him, but that's not Wafflish. Silver lining, that's not Wafflish. Silver lining, no. you did shoot him twice. Uh, yep. Here's, uh, here's, here's a good one, Steven Strasburg. No, 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 no. That's, that's, a not, that's a not Waffle, too. And you know what's crazy about him is that – He tips everything? I, well, yeah, partially, but I was convinced when he got – when he went from basically throwing 100 – every single fastball and had to basically throw back in the low nineties like he is now. I was like, this guy's going to be a lot easier to handle his breaking ball. You're not going to have to respect the hundred as much. Uh, and the, and the breaking ball may not be as sharp and you're going to have a little bit more time with the breaking ball and changeup. No, like this guy over the course of the last two years has been better than he was when he was throwing a hundred because everything comes out of the same arm slot Everything looks exactly the same and the exact same speed, and it's not. And he just dots corners. He stays away. He, he dots in when he has to. It's it's so impressive. I, I I can't I can't believe how much he has, how much more he's developed since he hasn't had the hundred in his back pocket. He he hasn't taken steps back. He's taken steps forward, and it's unbelievable. Well, the Dodgers had everything on him. Like, because if you're in the third base dugout, you could see everything that Steven Strasburg is throwing. I mean, he tips everything from that side. That's yeah. how good he was in the playoffs. Because they yeah, knew everything. And we, they, you we could had see everything. And his yeah. changeup is disgusting. disgusting. I mean, as a, as a left-handed hitter, it was a complete equalizer. And he was throwing, especially this year and last year, he, he, he was, it was coming from the same arm, it's coming from the same arm slot. He keeps it in good spots. If he misses with it, it's always down and away from lefties, so you can't do anything with it. Um, it's it. He has been between him and Degrom. It, it's been a that, that's a that's a tough one-two combo if you're in the NL East and have to deal with that for you know many many times a season. Oh yeah, but what about the third one, Max Scherzer? What would you say with him? Oh, you know, I, I I've had I've had some success off what of are Max. We going with we going I'm, waffle or not? We can't we can't talk I'm this not, out. I'm, no, I'm not going. I'm not going waffle, but I have had a little bit of success against him. See, I'm going waffle. And, I'm going waffle. Okay, okay. Yeah, you can, you can go waffle. In my brain, it's been it's been like an all or nothing with him. I've even either had a lot of success, a lot of success in in like games against him, or it's been stretches of just absolutely nothing. And he's kind of one of those guys too, where he throws a lot different than guys. He has that kind of upward motion on his fastball and his and his arm slot is a little bit different kind of like a right-handed bum garner to where you feel like you don't want to give him uh you know you you don't want to 
not you don't want to take fastballs in the zone because it, swinging it at, at his ball is a lot different than swinging a lot of at a lot of other guys because you have to kind of get on top of it a little more because it's basically moving uphill. So, but he's also been prone to if he if he misses that that upward ball flight, if you can get it in the air and barrel it, you have a chance to do some damage, and that's kind of where my damage has come against him is is not necessarily lots of hits, but I think lots of extra base hits that were mistake pitches. Bro, you're seven for 32 against him, which people are going to be like, oh, it's, it's fine. It's 219. That's like, you know, whatever, below. Uh, you, you got a double and you shot him three times. So I don't really care what you say. That's waffling. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll I'm agree, a, I'm we'll a good agree teammate to disagree. when it comes to that. I, yeah, I, you're, I'm a, hey, you're a great teammate. I'm a confidence builder. Yes, that's you what, are. That's what I do. Yes, you are. Okay, Lance fill Lynn. My, fill my balloon up. Keep filling my balloon up. You got Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn is a waffle. Oh, yes, he is. Yeah. Yep. So, do you want me to so tell people? Any, hang on, let me tell people this. Okay. okay. 15 for 40. It's 375 with a 1247 <laughs> OPS. That's because you have four doubles, you have two triples against him, and three. <laughs> three homers. Yeah. Wafflage. So when he was when he was pitching in St. Louis earlier on in his career, I, I literally think, and you could probably look it up, I literally think he was like 85% fastball. And he's got this running fastball. Sometimes it sinks, sometimes it runs, sometimes it takes off. But for the most part, to lefties, especially during that time, he was he was literally like 85 to 90% fastball to lefties. Just stay away, like here, try to get your hits to left field. Uh, you, I know you're not really going to hurt me that way for the most part. I don't really have a great slider or, uh, you know, I have a decent changeup. I got a little cutter to keep you honest on the inner half if I have to throw it. But there was just a stretch where I was so synced up with him and he kept throwing me, he kept throwing me fastballs away. And I kept thinking to myself, there's no way he's going to keep throwing fastballs away. And he kept throwing fastballs away and I kept hitting him to left center and right center and some would leave the yard some would get down, some some would get down, and I had to leg it for a triple. And it was just he's just one of those guys where, uh, for whatever reason, that the, the timing he could he could have thrown ninety a ninety six mile an hour fastball or take some off and throw eighty eight. And for some reason, I would always be timed up on it, and I would always hit barrels. Basically, the exact opposite of Johnny Cueto, to where I felt like nothing was ever synced up. For some reason, with Lance Lynn, I was always timed up. Yeah, let's just say that uh, you went uh, 14 for your last 33 against him. So if you if you just take away your 2012 year where you're one for seven, yeah, I mean it, it, you already owned him. Like that, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that, that is owning him. Uh, that's waffling. Yeah, that oh, that's dude. That would be fantastic. All right, you got one more. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not gonna go there because that would just deflate everything. Uh, you used my Bronson Royal one on on me already. Um, but I got a good one for you, Ian okay. Kennedy. Oh man! So that that's kind. Of, Ian Kennedy, in my opinion, is like two different pitchers in one, right? So care. you got Wafflage or not? That I mean, I, I'll say Wafflage because there was a. There, I think there was a twelve fifty OPS against them. That's Wafflage. Yeah, and, and what's interesting is, like you said, I only had twenty three at bats against them, or twenty four, whatever you said, and. He's always been in different divisions, so for, but for whatever reason, when he was with Arizona and uh, early in his career, when he was with the Yankees, even in the minor leagues, he was just one of those guys that it was kind of like Lance. Everything he threw, I saw out of his hand. 
he tried to throw some breaking balls. He tried to throw some some changeups, and I would I just found a way to get the barrel to the ball. And yeah, there was a, there was a stretch. I think there was a stretch where we faced those faced them at one point, like you know three uh, two series out of four series in a row, and he pitched twice. And I literally don't think he got me out for like six straight times. And it wasn't oh. it wasn't base hits. It was <laughs> it was waffleage. But now he's a different pitcher. Now he's throwing upper nine, uh, you know, mid upper nineties and has a split and a gross slider, a breaking ball. And he's a lot. I, I, when I faced him last year and he was with Kansas city, I was like, wow, this is a, this is a totally different guy than I remember facing. So, you know, hats off, hats off to him for, for, uh, you know, taking his, his repertoire to the next level. But he was, he was kind of your, your standard, your standard righty back in the, uh, 2010, 2015 era. <laughs> yeah. Usually we had a different term for it, but we don't now. Uh, you actually went one for one last year off him, so you still waffled him, right? It didn't matter if he was good or not with, uh, with the Royals. Hey, uh, I appreciate you taking the time on uh, your your long excursion to Philadelphia to join me on Pine Talk this, Breakfast. This is this has broken up the day more than you can imagine. So I really appreciate it, and I look forward to seeing you with the mask on and giving you a fist bump sometime soon. Yeah, I'm gonna have a scary one. Trust me, might be just my face. <laughs> picture of my face that's it all right dude well drive safe and we'll see you soon i appreciate it kev and thanks to neil walker for joining me right here on pine tar for breakfast and this episode of pine tar for breakfast was sponsored by yingling traditional lager elevate your taste spread your wings again neil walker philadelphia phillies utility man driving on his way to philly special times and that is going to do it for this episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast. Until next time, let's keep on wishing and hoping for everyone's health to get this baseball season going. Peace! Kevin France is out of here!